You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Friday, September 18th, 2020, and it is officially Football Friday because Penn State football is back. Well, we're going to get to that. Before I do, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, contributor to AthlonSports.com, and I could not be happier to be here today talking some Penn State football with you. Yes, that's right. We are going to get finally get a chance to talk some Penn State football because the Big Ten came out the other day, announced that they have voted unanimously to bring football back to the field. We're still going to have to wait until later in October, but that's okay. We have a plan that's going to bring Big Ten and Penn State football into our lives on a weekly basis. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a sprint right from the very start. So we have plenty of time to look forward to what this all means for the upcoming season, where Penn State fits into the equation, and of course, uh, preview the actual team. Because we haven't really been able to do that a whole lot on this podcast recently because of so much that's been going on with uh, just figuring out if we are going to have Penn State football. But yes, now that the Big Ten has voted unanimously to have Big Ten football, we are going to start going into preview mode. We'll probably do that more so next week. Today, we're going to react to a lot of the news and information that has come out, figure out exactly what is going on. Now, if you heard me on the Locked On College Football podcast on Thursday, you know how excited I am for this news. We got a chance to react to the official announcement. The folks over on the Locked On Big Ten podcast did a terrific job uh, with an instant reaction on Wednesday with the Thursday episode. Ben Stevens, Isaiah did a tremendous job reacting to the news fresh off the plate. And we're still waiting a little bit of more information as far as what's going to happen with the schedule. But we'll get into all of that. We have plenty of time here to talk about this situation. And I'm just so excited to get into it. I should mention that now is a very exciting time to be following the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast because now you're going to want to subscribe and make sure you never miss a single episode because we are finally going into preseason mode. We're going to talk about some Penn State football on a weekly basis, you know, multiple times throughout the weekend. Eventually, we're probably going to be going back to five days a week very soon. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll obviously figure that out as we go. But you don't want to miss a single episode from here on out because if you haven't already, now's a great time to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you may be listening to right now. And of course, leave a rating, leave a review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. Let us know what you think about the show in general. Your feedback really is important to us. It helps us build this show to make it something that you guys want to come back to and share with your friends and family and your fellow Penn State fans. And now's a great time to be getting on board with that because it's going to be a lot of fun over the next month as we look forward to what still looks like a very promising season for the Nittany Lions and of course you can reach out to us in a variety of ways on social media by using the username locked on Nittany on Twitter Facebook Instagram and Twitch all right this intro was a little bit longer than I typically am accustomed to but that's just because I'm just so excited so let's not wait any further and let's go ahead and get today's episode underway As you no doubt know by now, the Big Ten has announced that it is going to be playing football beginning the weekend of October 23rd. I believe the Friday is October 23rd, and then you'll get the rest of the Big Ten action on that Saturday, October 24th. 
it is a much later start to the season than all the other conferences that are playing college football. Of course, the ACC and the Big 12 are already underway. The SEC is going to be kicking off next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend. And of course, you've got the American Athletic Conference in the swing of things. You've got Conference USA. You've got the Sun Belt, the mighty Sun Belt, by the way, 3-0 versus the Big 12. Don't forget that. Uh, and of course, you've got a couple of independent programs like BYU and Army. They're already in the midst of their season. So it's going to be a while. It's going to be kind of weird when the Big Ten kicks off on October 24th. But the fact that they are kicking off at all is what we should be celebrating right now. Now, I, I understand. It was very rocky to get to this point, and I think one of the reasons it was so rocky is because the Big Ten really mishandled the execution of their initial decision to postpone their fall sports calendar, uh, including football. And obviously, we saw the turmoil that that caused from around the Big Ten, from Nebraska to Ohio State. Of course, many Penn State fans were disgruntled. James Franklin was getting visibly frustrated uh, with some of the decision or the lack of the decision or more so the lack of communication from the Big Ten offices. But now it's all hunky-dory, right? Well, not necessarily. We're not going to let the Big Ten off the hook just entirely for the way that it is mishandled the whole situation ongoing but a couple things here first and foremost whether or not you agree with the decision initially to postpone the fall sports calendar I, at least i think i can understand it i understand where the big 10 was very likely coming from at the root of that decision making you know concerns about uh, testing and the safety of everybody that's involved with running a football program now what has happened in the past month well Testing has become more advanced. We've got the access, the access to rapid testing, and that's going to be something that's going to be rolling out to all the Big Ten programs. Uh, I believe by the end of September, the Big Ten says that every Big Ten school, every Big Ten member will have access to that rapid testing. So they can begin the daily testing and make sure that all the players are going through the same testing procedures throughout the conference. They didn't necessarily have that a month ago. So yes, a lot has happened in that course of time. And that changes the dynamics of whether or not the Big Ten felt that it was comfortable putting out a football season. I really do feel as though Despite what other conferences were doing or not doing, I think the root of this decision for the Big Ten was they there wasn't enough collective comfort levels to establish a, a football season that was not going to be interrupted or have its you know, any issue of headaches. And you know, certainly, as the college football season is underway right now, yes, college football is being played, but you see the scheduling decisions that are having to be made. Uh, you know, the testing results. You know. The majority of college football that is playing right now is doing so without much hassle. But you know, there are a couple bumps in the road, certainly uh, wherever you look on a weekly basis. Just this weekend, we'll get to it later in this episode, but you know, this coming weekend, we're going to have Baylor and Houston playing a game, a game that was scheduled a week ago <laughs> you know, uh, because Baylor's opponent had to uh, cancel a game or reschedule a game and Houston's opponent wasn't able to play due to the coronavirus. So uh, those two schools decided to uh, make, make a phone call and, and now they're getting back on the field. So it, here's the thing, I think, with the delayed start here. You know, certainly I think this is the logic that went into the process for the SEC, the SEC which again is going to be kicking off uh, next weekend. You know, getting a later start on the season, playing conference-only games, that allows these schools in those conferences to go through 
whatever they need to be going through as more and more college students come back to campus. Ed Orgeron, head coach at LSU, made a comment the other day, which uh, my co-host on Locked On College Football got very irate about as far as the national reaction to it. And I think it got kind of blown out of proportion, uh, having read and heard what Ed Orgeron had to say, where he was saying that you know, how many players on his team had already come down with the coronavirus in the past. And you know, certainly the, the hope is that maybe that's going to put them kind of in the clear moving forward. A lot of people took that to be uh, Ed Ortron you know, stumping for uh, herd, herd immunity or something like that. I don't think that that was really what he was getting at. I think he was just kind of talking about the logistics that are involved with moving forward and running a college football program as he is getting ready to bring his team onto the field uh, next weekend. Uh, as the reigning and defending national champion. So I think that quote got blown out of proportion, but I do think that a delayed start allows schools to go through everything they need to go through. And the fact that the Big Ten is not going to be starting for uh, until the end of October, basically, that allows plenty of time for the testing to be going, uh, figure out exactly how each program is standing up. And, and if there are issues, we're going to know about them. And that is what the key information here is. You know, the Big Ten is all about uh, collecting as much data as possible in order to establish some decisions that are going to have to be made moving forward. But the bottom line is the Big Ten has come to a path where they feel like they are able to go forward with this uh, plan to play some football games and that is great you know again it was a very rocky road to get here it definitely did not have to go down the way that it did as far as the PR is concerned but the bottom line at the end of the day you know whatever catchphrase you want to use the Big Ten is going to be playing some football Penn State's going to be taking the field it's exciting and Penn State head coach James Franklin he's certainly excited let's talk a little bit about why he's so excited coming up in our next segment so I've been talking about the need for me to buy some new wipers for my car for quite some time. And rain's not in the forecast or anything, but I can never be too sure, and it's long overdue. So it was finally time for me to go to rockauto.com, type in the make and model of my car, and find the exact wipers I need. And I got to tell you, I was flabbergasted by just how little these wipers are going to cost me. And they are significantly cheaper than any of the wipers I would have typically bought in a store, a big box store, or a car store, whatever the case may be. I was floored when I saw just how cheap these wipers are. And that's what's so great about rockauto.com. This is a family business. They've been doing this for 20 years. They know what it takes to satisfy their customers and they're gonna save you a lot of money too. It doesn't matter if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, go to rockauto.com, type in the make and model of your car. It's gonna bring you up the entire catalog. You're gonna see all the parts that are available for your car or truck. And when you check out, make sure you're right in locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So this morning at work, actually, something pretty funny happened to me. One of my coworkers came up to me, and this is a physical trainer. He's all about fitness. I mean, he's the guy's uh, chiseled machine. And he comes up to me, and he says, man, you've been looking pretty good. You're in shape. You're eating better. And I said, yeah, I'm eating better. You know why? Because I'm eating Built Bars. That's right. Built Bars. They are new. They are improved. They're even more deliciouser than they have ever been before. And they are great for anyone who is trying to lose or maintain weight, as I've been doing ever since I started eating these Built Bars. And I'm not just saying this. I mean, they've got tremendous flavors. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a chocolate bar. I've said before, this is the perfect protein bar for me because you know a lot of protein bars, they may fill you up, but they may not necessarily taste all that great. Well, this one tastes just like a chocolate bar. And they've got some great flavors that have just been added to the mix on top of their 12 original flavors. You know I'm all about that orange flavor from their original batch. But you might want to check out the cookies and cream or the caramel brownie or as I've been saying, the apple almond crisp 
perfect flavor for this time of year, you got to check these out for yourself. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, they're going to save you $10 off your next order. And on top of that, while supplies last, they're going to throw in a free cooler. Now, if you're getting ready for some fall seasoning tailgates from home, you got to have a cooler, right? So get yourself some Built Bars, get your free cooler, save yourself $10 by using that promo code LOCKEDON. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you're going to get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. On Wednesday, as the Big Ten Network was providing live coverage and live interviews following the news that the Big Ten was going to be coming back with the football season beginning the weekend of October 24th, Dave Razvin, the fantastic studio host at the Big Ten Network, he's always doing some really good interviews and asked some pretty direct questions. I remember a month ago when the Big Ten initially decided to shut things down, postpone things, whatever you may want to call it, uh, he had on the commissioner, Kevin Warren, and he was very direct with his questions, and he did not let Kevin Warren slide by on some of his non-answers. And he may not have gotten the, the best answers out of Kevin Warren, but you can only do so much as an interviewer. And I think he is one of the best at what he's doing. So, of course, uh, there was some much more pleasant news to get into as far as the Big Ten and its return to football. Again, beginning the weekend of October 24th, the Big Ten will continue to play football or begin to play football for the 2020 season. So they skipped around the entire conference, of course, uh, getting some uh, feedback and reaction from the coaches and, of course, some players uh, from throughout the Big Ten. Among them, of course, was Penn State head coach James Franklin, who was obviously very optimistic and very happy to see that he can now move forward. He now has those questions that people have been asking him that he has been unable to answer for quite some time. And that was one of the boiling points for his frustration as this process has drug on. But he's clearly in a much better place now that he's going to get a chance to coach the Penn State football program for the upcoming season. And in the middle of his live interview with Dave Resvin, he got a surprise visit from tight end Pat Fryermuth, who came on and confirmed live on the Big Ten Network that he was going to play this upcoming season. So apparently there had been some rumors and maybe some internet reports that he was going to opt out for the 2020 season. And I don't think that that would have been a very shocking development if the Big Ten was not coming back. But Pat Fryermuth kind of put it to rest that that was not exactly in his line of thinking. And he hadn't decided to opt out at any point, apparently, uh, according to him. And he is confirming that he is going to be playing football for Penn State this year. And that is huge news for a Penn State offense that is certainly going to be pretty fun to watch once again this year. And we've talked about it before, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot of time to really dig into the nitty-gritty details about what Penn State's going to do offensively this year now that we know that we have some actual season to look forward to. Obviously, we know the running game is going to be good. I think another year of Sean Clifford back at starting quarterback is going to see some continued growth. And having Pat Fryermuth there, one of the best tight ends in the country there as an asset, is not to be overlooked. And certainly, we know what Penn State's going to need out of their wide receivers, but having a tight end that they can rely on in Pat Fryermuth uh, is certainly a luxury. And the fact that he is going to that he has confirmed that he's going to play this upcoming season. That's huge news. So the news only got better and better for Penn State as yesterday went about, or I guess should say on Wednesday, because you're listening to this on Friday. So I guess the big question that a lot of people seem to have now is, is there a chance that maybe Micah Parsons will decide to opt back in? Now, we've seen around the country that players have that have decided to opt out are here and there opting back in to play college football. 
So it is certainly not unheard of in this weird 2020 season that we're talking about players uh, making decisions to opt out, opt back in so they get a chance to play. And I think some of the decisions that are being made by players that have opted out are being based on the fact that maybe there was going to be no college football season for them uh, for the for the fall season. And maybe they're not interested in going through whatever spring backup plan you may have been able to put together as they focus on their NFL futures. And certainly a lot of the players that have opted out, uh, in addition to having maybe some connection to a family member or some vulnerability as far as the coronavirus is concerned. Uh, There are also some players that certainly have NFL futures and riches ahead of them coming up next spring in the NFL draft. So Micah Parsons, getting back to Micah Parsons, obviously star linebacker, one of the anchors of what could have been a very good Penn State defense. I still think it's going to be very good. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like uh, not having Micah Parsons is tough to handle because he is that dynamic of a player. And it's a shame that we're probably not going to see Micah Parsons. And I say that because I don't think he's going to opt back in. I'm just saying this as a gut reaction. I have no inside information on this one way or the other, but I don't think Micah Parsons is a player that is, you should be counting or holding your breath that is going to opt back in to play Penn State, to play for Penn State this season. It would be great if that is the case, but I think uh, the, the bridge has probably been crossed for Micah Parsons in a Penn State uniform, and he is now focusing on his NFL future. So, Again, we'll obviously keep an eye out for that. And if there is some rumbling that maybe Michael Parsons is looking to opt back in, we would certainly take a look at that. But I, I would not uh, be surprised if you don't see that happen. So I just feel as though Michael Parsons is one of those players that has opted out that really has nothing left to prove on the football field uh, as far as his talent is concerned and his NFL draft stock is concerned. He is on to the NFL as far as I'm concerned. If he decides to opt back in, that would be fantastic news for Penn State and their defense because that would make them that much better. So, again, I don't know what drives every player. Obviously, Michael Parsons has made his decision. I don't think he's going to go back on it. Uh, And it's great news for Penn State that Pat Frymuth has decided he is going to play Play and confirmed that he's going to play. So um, unless anything changes between now and the next month, you know, there's always the possibility that something changes in in anybody's life that causes them to think things a little bit differently. Obviously, we hope that nothing comes along that disrupts uh, what Pat Frymuth has already set forth and uh, committed to. But if something should change, obviously, you know, that'd be something to keep, just keep in mind. So as of now, Penn State is playing football. They're going to have a really good team. And Pat Fryermuth is going to be playing tight end. And one thing that we can kind of address right now is something that's already been talked about a little bit. You know, Now that the Big Ten is going to play football, obviously, a, a Big Ten team could now potentially get into the college football playoff. A lot of people are sort of suspecting that that is good news for Ohio State. But I think, you know, one of the questions that I've already seen been floating around there is, you know, what's the Big Ten going to look like this year? Well, it's not going to look a whole lot different than any other time we've previewed the Big Ten this upcoming season. One of the questions I was asked in a radio interview the other day was, uh, if not Ohio State, who is the next best team uh, that could challenge uh, for the, the Big Ten championship? And the, the default answer for me, and not to sound like a homer, is it's Penn State. <laughs> Penn State is in the best possible position outside of Ohio State to contend for a Big Ten championship. The only qualifier I would have is uh, Wisconsin certainly has a case, maybe Minnesota, 
because if we're playing division football, uh, certainly they have a chance to win their division in the Big Ten West and potentially play for a Big Ten championship. If Penn State doesn't win the Big Ten East and falls behind Ohio State, then obviously they're ruled out of playing for a Big Ten championship. So even though they may potentially be, arguably be, the second best team in the Big Ten, uh, the chances that they win the Big Ten championship are reduced because Wisconsin and Minnesota have an easier path to get to the Big Ten championship. They don't necessarily have to go through Ohio State. Obviously, we will see what happens when the schedule is released, and we are going to get a version 3.0 of the Big Ten 2020 football season. Uh, Obviously, we know it's going to be eight games plus one, uh, which is interesting because obviously you're going to play eight conference games and you're going to play a Big Ten championship game. And if you don't qualify for that Big Ten championship game, every team is going to get a chance to play a ninth game, apparently, where you're going to pair up the the second-place teams in both divisions, the third-place teams in both divisions, and so on and so forth, all the way down to the seventh-place teams, and you're going to have them play in the final week of the season. It's sort of similar to what the PSAC did in the Division II level, where they had their PSAC championship game, and they modified the schedule in their last weekend of the regular season, where the two teams that were playing in the PSAC championship, they would play in that game, and then their two opponents that they previously had scheduled, if they're not already scheduled to play the same team in the championship game, uh, they would have played each other. So you you can adjust the schedule in-season play. Now, I'd be very curious to see how that all plays out, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion there. Who gets the home game? Who gets the array game? Lots of things to figure out. And, of course, we want to know what games are going to be on Penn State's schedule. Because if you look at the the 2.0 schedule, you're probably going to be taking off one of those crossover games if you're trying to get to eight games plus one. So, you know, is this going to be an easier schedule for Penn State? A more difficult schedule for Penn State? We're going to have to wait and find out. I was hoping we would have that for today's podcast. Maybe it'll come out today. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, we'll have much more information on what the schedule is going to look like. Certainly, I would expect it very soon if it isn't out already. And when we do get our hands on Penn State's 2020 schedule, we'll dedicate a whole episode or at least a whole segment to that 2020 schedule. I'm looking forward to it. Version 3.0, I am looking forward to breaking down the highs and lows of Penn State's schedule once again. I feel like I've done it five times already this year. I'm ready to do it one more time if I need to. Final segment of the show, final segment of the week, and that means it is time to take a look around the country and see what's going down in college football in week three. It is a particularly light weekend of college football coming up for us this weekend. Not a whole lot going on in the power conferences that are playing. Again, the SEC is still a week away. A fewer games in the ACC this week. And, of course, uh, not a whole lot going on in the Big 12. And we've already had a couple of games that were postponed. So this is going to be a pretty easygoing week, I think, as far as college football is concerned. So I think I would agree with my good pal Ty Hildenbrand of the Solid Verbal that if you've got some chores to do this weekend, this might be the weekend to do it. Nonetheless, it is time to run down this weekend's games. And it's going to begin tonight with Coastal Carolina, fresh off their road victory at Kansas. They're taking on the Campbell Camels, the FCS program. I got a chance to watch a little bit of Campbell last weekend. They nearly had an upset win of their own. I don't think they're going to get it against this Coastal Carolina team. They'll be kicking off tonight on ESPN at 7.30 p.m. This game was moved to ESPN. It's the only game going on tonight, so why not watch it? Of course, we were supposed to get a Houston-Memphis game. 
Memphis had to cancel some things due to the COVID-19 outbreak uh, in, within their program. And Houston is going to instead be playing the Baylor Bears. This is the first time that Houston and Baylor have played each other since they were both members of the old Southwest Conference. Yes, it's been that long. I'm, I was stunned when I saw that it's been this long since Houston and Baylor have played. But those two schools were able to put together a game within the last week after their opponents had to cancel or reschedule. So it's actually a pretty fun game. You know, Dave Aranda making his head coaching debut with the Baylor Bears, of course, the former LSU defense coordinator. Now we get a chance to see him as an off or a head coach, I should say. Very curious to see how that all plays out because I think that this game's going to be pretty tight and we're going to have to see Dave Aranda make some head coaching decisions that he's not typically accustomed to. I am surprised by the line though. Baylor's only a four point favorite as of the time of this recording. And I think that that's probably in part because of a couple things. First of all, the Big 12 stunk last week. So Big T the Baylor is pretty much guilt by association, I think. And of course, this is also the first game for Baylor. It's also the first game for Houston. But I think what we've seen the last couple of weeks that teams taking the field for the first time, they're not quite in sync. There's a little sloppiness. There's a little choppiness. And I think that the, the prognosticators are probably expecting that out of this Baylor team. Baylor's got a really good defense, though. Houston does not. I think Baylor runs away with this game. So I take that Baylor minus four and I run with it because I think that Baylor's going to be running with it tonight. Or I should say Saturday afternoon, 12 p.m. on Fox. I guess that's the big noon kickoff. If you get the ACC Network, you can check out number 25 Pittsburgh. They're 1-0 after their big win against Austin Peay last weekend. They're going to be hosting Syracuse in an ACC game. I do not get the ACC Network, so I will not be able to get a chance to see Pitt and see if they can cover the 21.5 point spread. I'm going to tell you right now, if Pitt covers 21.5, I'd be surprised. I think Syracuse is much better than uh, that line is giving them credit for. I know the game last week against North Carolina kind of got away from Syracuse late in the game. I don't know if we'll necessarily see that again. So I think Syracuse maybe doesn't get the win at Pitt, but I do think that they're going to cover. I don't think they're a 20-point underdog plus two weeks in a row in ACC play. That's pretty brutal. And I think Syracuse shows up a little bit better this weekend. Although the pit defense is pretty good. Got to give them credit for that. Elsewhere in the noon slot over on ESPN2, Louisiana fresh off of their big victory last weekend in Big 12 territory. They're hosting Georgia State. I'm sorry, they're traveling to Georgia State. I uh, don't know what to make of Georgia State going into the season, but I do like what I've seen out of Louisiana in the past few years. And I think Levi Lewis didn't have a particularly great game last weekend against uh, Iowa State, but it was good enough. And Levi Lewis, I think, is going to have a pretty big game here against Georgia State. So I expected a much better production in the box score from Louisiana and the quarterback Levi Lewis as they move ahead and go to 2-0. Elsewhere at the noon slot, you got Cincinnati, number 13 Cincinnati. Feels weird looking at these rankings. We can talk about that next week. But uh, Cincinnati getting a chance to open their season against Austin P, who is 0-2, and they're just uh, scheduling everybody they can right now. Uh, Cincinnati is a team that a lot of people think is going to be the best team in that American Athletic Conference. I'm sort of on board with that, although I'm not ruling out UCF, and I still think Memphis has something to play for this season as well. But very interested to see what Luke Fickle can do with Cincinnati. This game is on ESPN+. Plus. Also at noon, we've got number 11, Oklahoma State, finally getting a chance to play their season opener against Tulsa. They had to push back this game due to uh, concerns with the coronavirus at Tulsa. Uh, Chubba Hubbard. This is his time to shine. Oklahoma State, a big favorite against Tulsa, 22 and a half. I sort of like that. I really do think that Oklahoma State's going to be a fun team to watch this year. And I think they can run away with this one from Tulsa. I think Tulsa's a better team that a lot of people are going to give them credit for. But this is an Oklahoma State game through and through, I think. The one game that I really like, Navy 
back on the football field this week after their you know, time off after their brutal loss at home against BYU. Navy's hitting the road in American Athletic Conference play at 12 Eastern on ABC Saturday to play Tulane. Tulane's 1-0, but I think Navy is the team to watch here. Tulane's a 7-point favorite. I don't think that Navy is going to take what happened to them lightly. I think they're ready to prove that they are much better than their previous game showed, and I think they're going to do that against Tulane. I don't necessarily say if uh, Navy's going to win this game, although it would not surprise me one bit. I think Navy is much better than we saw against BYU. They're not going to lose by 52 points again this year. They're a seven-point dog here. I kind of like them to cover that spread. I would not be surprised with the outright as well. ACC elsewhere in going on, we got Duke hosting Boston College at ESP, on ESPN3 at 12 noon. You got Notre Dame, number seven Notre Dame, 1-0, a 26-point favorite at home against South Florida. I, Notre Dame's a good team. <laughs> I think there's something to prove if they're going to be a legitimate ACC title contender in the likes of, with, uh, likes of Clemson. Uh, but I do think that Notre Dame handles South Florida here. I uh, still like... The Bulls and that 26-point spread, though, I kind of like South Florida to cover, but I think Notre Dame wins this game comfortably and boringly enough to get a moderately, moderately sized victory in South Bend to go 2-0. And, and 3.30 time slot on ABC, number 14 UCF making their season debut. They're on the road against Georgia Tech. Hey, I'm high on Jeff Collins and what he's doing at Georgia Tech. I don't necessarily like this matchup, though, unless UCF comes out sloppy. Uh, this is a game where they could easily trip up the way that we've seen early on this year. Teams stay in that field for the first time. It's not exactly crisp, and Georgia Tech might just be stubborn enough to give them a little bit of a battle there. So I would not be surprised if Georgia Tech keeps this one very tight. I uh, do think it would be a surprise if they win, though. I think UCF has too much talent. They're going to score too many points to allow Georgia Tech to even think about getting the win here. Uh, but UCF is a 7.5-point favorite in Atlanta. One of the games I'm going to be paying attention to, we've got number 23 Appalachian State traveling to Marshall. Marshall put up big points in their season opener. Appalachian State didn't look quite as good as I was expecting out of them against Charlotte last week. But they are 4.5-point favorite there in Downing Huntington. And uh, I, I kind of like Marshall here. Appalachian State has been very good to me the last few years. But I kind of like Marshall. I, and I think Marshall gets the win outright. So uh, I'm going on record saying that uh, Marshall is going to make some noise here representing Conference USA down in Huntington, West Virginia. Like I said, not a whole lot going on this week. But the game of the week is certainly going to be in the ACC on ABC at 7.30 p.m. It's number 18 Louisville hosting number 17 Miami. Well, uh, you can talk all you want about the Manny Diaz resurrection of the Miami Hurricanes there. Miami's got a good defense, but I like what Scott Satterfield is doing with Louisville. And it's uh, ironic that I go from the Appalachian State game to the Louisville game because uh, Scott Satterfield certainly was a big reason for Appalachian State's success which is why he got the job at Louisville. And I think he's putting together the same kind of mentality with the Louisville Cardinals that we've seen under Appalachian State for a number of years, including those under Scott Satterfield. Louisville, two and a half point favorite at home. I like them to cover that against the Canes. Malik Cunningham, I think, uh, certainly can improve his passing accuracy. But 343 yards and three touchdowns in the season debut, not too shabby. And I think he's going to put on a really good show on national TV against Miami. Again, I don't know if Louisville is going to be a legitimate ACC title contender, but this is a big win if they can get it. If they can beat Miami, the rest of the schedule is very favorable for the Cardinals. They don't play Clemson. They don't play North Carolina unless they happen to face each other in the ACC championship game. So win this game against Miami, and then it's ACC championship game or bust, I think, for Louisville. I'm saying it right here, right now. I think that that is absolutely the case for Louisville. 
And it's a big step forward if they can get that win against Miami Saturday night. But there you have it. Another week of Locked On Nittany Lions is now officially in the books. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you for hanging out with us throughout the week. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast and leaving your readings and reviews or following us on our social media accounts using the username Locked On Nittany on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, Saturday afternoon, probably around 1 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to go live. So pay attention to our Twitter account. I'll put out the notice. I'll put it on the Facebook page as well. We're going to go live on Twitch as we officially set up our Twitch streaming channel. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to making it a part of the routine on game days when we get to the football season. So if you want to hang out with me, watching some college football, setting up a Twitch channel, hey, Hop on over to twitch.tv slash locked on Nittany. Turn on those alerts. I'll let you know when we are going live. Also, Saturday afternoon, I'm going to be on the radio down in Atlanta. So if you happen to be in the Atlanta area or if you want to listen in online, you can do that. I'm going to be on with Nick Kale on Saturday afternoon at 4.20 p.m. We're going to talk some college football, the Big Ten returning, and what it means potentially even for the Georgia Bulldogs, which you can expect. So you can check it out on 92.9 The Game down in Atlanta or on radio.com. I'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. And of course, I will also be on the Monday edition of the Locked On Big Ten podcast with my main man, Ben Stevens. I co-host with him every Monday. Of course, he's doing those shows Monday through Friday. I join him every Monday and he's got a different host every other day throughout the rest of the week. So lots of stuff to look forward to on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Lots of Big Ten conversation right now. Now's a great time to not only subscribe to our podcast at Locked On Nittany Lions, but also check out that Locked On Big Ten podcast. And while I'm at it, you might as well go ahead and subscribe to Locked On College Football. Again, daily podcast, Monday through Friday. Monday is a great recap episode, and you get voices from throughout the Locked On Podcast Network every day of the week. I am there every Thursday with Matt Mascona from Locked On LSU. We had a great episode yesterday talking about the return of the Big Ten and what it means moving forward. So go ahead and check that out as well. Once again, I'm Kevin McGuire. Give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. And until next time, everybody, have a great weekend. We're going to have a lot of fun talking some Penn State football next week, so come back and check us out. Until next time, go 1-0 today. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later.